he's not a facilitating guard. He's been forced into that role this year, provided he's not on the Wizards next year. His production will drop back down to his production a few years ago. When you when you say he's a tier above Devin Booker, I don't really see that to be true because I have the stats up right here. More threes a game, five more points a game, less turnovers, better defensive stats. He's a way the better The Pistons were a playoff team. Did you see that Pistons team? <laughs> <laughs> All right, but you know what I mean. Did like, you see that Pistons team? Reggie Jackson was their best player. Hey guys, welcome back to episode eight of the Flashy Stats Fantasy Podcast. I'm Vince, and I'm joined here by Giuseppe, Matt, and Mike. And today we're coming to you with our top ten shooting guards for this upcoming fantasy season. As you might have noticed, we started off with the top thirty for the point guards in our last episode, but stopped at twenty-five. And you might be wondering why we did that. The reason is. As Giuseppe aptly put it, those guys suck. Basically, we realized that a lot of the players in that list weren't incredibly exciting. We wanted to get onto the shooting guards and talk more about prolific talent, which we thought would be a lot more fun to discuss. So we ended at 25 and moved on to the shooting guards. I'm going to start off here with the first person on our list. It may be no surprise to a lot of you, top shooting guard, almost consensus for us, James Harden. Apparently, James Harden has a lot more nicknames than just Beard. He also goes by nicknames like El Chapo or Jimbo Slice. James Harden passed MVP. 30-plus points a game for the last three years. One of the most prolific scorers in the NBA. Maybe the greatest scorer that we've had since Kobe or even Michael Jordan. He ended this past year with the slump, as a lot of you know. Shooting in the 20s points per game near the end of the year. But still ended the season with a 34, 6, and 7 stat line. And a lot of threes. Definitely a guy that can carry you in a lot of different categories, but also hurts you in a couple like turnovers and field goals. Mike, I'm going to have you start our small discussion here on James Harden. I noticed that you're the only one that has him at number two spot on the list, and you have James Harden at number two himself. As we've already stated, I mean, I know we talked a little bit on the side before we compiled our composite list. The only reason he's two is I just have, I have Luka Doncic above him. I think that with this current small ball system and the way that James Harden ended the season, I think if the Rockets want to win... I don't necessarily consider James Harden's performance a slump. I think it's that they're now playing a little bit more around Westbrook and Harden's playing a little bit more off ball. And as a result, I just see him losing production. doesn't mean he's not still a tier one shooting guard. Him and Luca are in that same range, but I felt Luca had a little bit of an edge coming into next season. I had James Harden number one because honestly, I feel like he is the absolute best player in fantasy. Picking him in an early round in your draft, you can really go any direction with your team. He's just so good in so many different categories, besides his turnovers, obviously. Yeah, James Harden, if you look at all his stats, he's elite in every category, even elite in turnovers, but in a <laughs> negative light. But I wrote down here, he's first in total free throws made with about 86% free throw percentage average. He's been first in free throw attempts since 2014 every year. So that's pretty important when considering having James Harden on your team because he has an elite free throw percentage and he shoots so much at the free throw line, he can really carry you in that category more than anyone else in any other category can. Not just that, but he was first in points in the last two years. He was top 10 in steals in the last three years, which not a lot of people consider when you look at James Harden, but he's actually very good at getting steals. And I only think that that will go up playing ball ball in Houston, considering that instead of switches, they're more active and pressuring teams. Uh, rather than just sitting back and having them attack them, I feel like they go after the other team. And you see that Rockets team, they may get bullied by a bigger guy, but instead of uh, just defending the bigger guy, like the center, straight up, they try to like steal the ball from them before. like They try to get into the passing lane and not allow that pass to get in. So that helps James Harden get steals too, along with Westbrook and all the other Rockets players. But James Harden, the categories leagues, I think is the, the number one fantasy player he's been for the last five years for me. 
he helps you in literally every category except turnovers and field goal. But you have to be willing to give those up or at least struggle a little bit in those categories for how well he does in other categories. I don't want to harp on James Harden too much. I had him as my number one spot. I think most people would agree that he's at least a top two shooting guard fantasy-wise in the NBA, if not just as a, as a basketball player, one of the best guards in the league. And I think that it's important that we don't overstate the difference in the Rockets system after they traded away Clint Capella and started rocking with like PJ Tucker at the center, because yeah, it's a lot more extreme of a small ball style, but it's also not polar opposite from what they've been doing in the past. And having Harden alongside Russ, both taking all the point guard responsibilities with a lot of other shooters on the team is not something that's new to them. And I think he's still the go-to offensive option on that team. Russell Westbrook did a lot in the end of the season and that, you know, it's kind of difficult for a lot of teams to split productivity between more than one superstar, but we've seen it done before. There's a lot of teams where there are just two guys that are excellent and, and Harden is just, I don't think there's anybody else in this list. There's a lot of guys in this list that are very well-rounded that can get you good statistics in a lot of different categories, but I don't think there's anybody on this list or maybe even in the league that carries you in as many categories as Harden is. I don't think Harden's the best fantasy option in the league. I think that title belongs to Giannis right now and for the next couple of years. But there's nobody, like, Harden, I've seen so many weeks where a guy that I'm playing against has Harden and will win points, free throw, assists, even steals just off the contributions of Harden. Like Giuseppe said, he shoots 86% on, like, 10 free throws a game. And as much as we joke about the fact that he gets to the line at every single possession... It's really, really effective for a fantasy team. And I don't think there's anybody else who works your team in so many different ways like Harden does. Vince, you said you don't think he has the mantle for best fantasy player. What do you think Giannis does better than James Harden? His free throw percentages are completely, complete opposites. I think that alone just brings Harden way above Giannis, considering he scores a lot more points. He gets, I'm assuming, the same amount of steals, maybe less blocks. Assists are both very high, but his free throws are what you know puts me over the edge for for Giannis, and not and not only that, but his his three pointers. I mean, scoring four and a half three pointers a game this year that's significantly higher than Giannis, which will help your team in that category. Why do you think Giannis is better than James Harden right now? There's a few reasons for it especially looking forward to the next season. Number one is the fact that any stats that we've listed for Giannis for this year, having an MVP type season, he played 30 minutes a game. And that's a really important thing. He's at the centerpiece of his team and he's pretty consistently like, there's a lot of games where James Harden will have to take a back seat or he's just in a slump. He's the kind of guy that could score 60 points in a game, but he's also the kind of guy that could score 10 points on four for 21 shooting. And you don't really see that out of Giannis too often. So that consistency factor, as well as just a potential for improvement are really big. I also think that, the difference in free throw percentage between Harden and Giannis is offset by the difference in field goal percentage. It may be then some like Harden shoots 43% from the field. And I don't know Giannis's exact number off the top of my head, but I know it's in the mid to upper fifties. And I think that's a bigger difference than Giannis's like 70 some percent from the line versus James Harden's 80 some percent. Obviously they're both excellent players. And, and also Giannis, he has 13 or 14 rebounds a game. He's really high in the league in that top three or four in points per game. He gets really good defensive stats. It's just really not a category that he hurts you. And I think he gets less turnovers as well. And I just think that Giannis has higher potential to improve for next year. He has a better baseline of stats and he's just a more consistent player, which is why I think he's a slightly better fantasy option. Giannis definitely hurts you in the free throw category, but there's no one like James Harden in the league that shoots 10 free throws a game. Like some fantasy teams will have a hundred and something free throws in a week, given with their 13 players. And James Harden alone in a week could have 40 free throws. That's a third of your your free throws right there. 
at 86% shooting. Like, that's huge. That's massive. Giannis does not take nearly as many shots when you compare shots taken by your team compared to your free throw percentage. So I think that's why it makes so much of a bigger impact on your team than Giannis's field goal percentage. And also adding the fact that, that James Harden shoots 4.5 threes a game. That just helps your team. And that definitely pushes me over the edge to put Harden over Giannis. Yeah, I didn't really talk about threes too much. And I definitely think that there is a debate for Harden as a top guy looking forward to next season. And we're going to have an episode in the future where we talk across positions who the best players are. And we could talk a little bit more about this then. So I won't go too in-depth into it now. But I just think that Giannis has higher potential. As a guy who's going into one of his first five or six seasons in the league, whereas Harden's been in the league for a minute, He's entering into his 30s. Now, I'm not saying he's going to decline, but I think that we've seen Harden's peak, and we I don't know that we've seen Giannis's so far. And so I think it's potential for improvement, especially if the Bucs aren't a 65 win, 65 or 70 win team, and he actually has to play more than 30 minutes a game. I just think that he could improve a lot more. I don't see Harden being any better next year than he was this year. The only way I see Giannis overtake Harden when it comes to fantasy is if Harden has a, a big decline. Like, I don't see Giannis hitting a peak any higher than what it is now. I don't see where he could possibly improve in. Maybe his, like, defensive stats. But I would imagine that James Harden right now averages more steals than Giannis. I think Harden is well above Giannis. It may sound crazy to say that, but James Harden's the number one fantasy player for me. I think one thing to add before we move on is uh, James Harden's a relatively durable player, which I would consider to be a important intangible for a star. Having your main producer be relatively durable is a very good thing in fantasy. You could make an argument for someone like Anthony Davis being obviously a top option in the league. He also misses a ton of games throughout the season. And like Matt said, you see James Harden here with only one season in the past 10 years where he's had less than 70 games and he had 62 games that season, which is not a crazy amount of games to miss for, you know, one injury. Like considering that, that his durability is, is pretty high for, for any NBA player. All right, so moving on from James Harden, I know we already discussed this a little bit. Luka Doncic comes in at the number two spot on our list. Luka Doncic also, like Harden, has more nicknames than I knew about. My favorite nickname that I saw in basketball reference that Luka Doncic goes by is Swaggy L, which I think is a cursed name and he just needs to get rid of it. But he's undoubtedly an amazing player. In his second year in the league, he put up 29-9-9, really no bad categories except for maybe turnovers, but that's the case with anybody who handles the ball a lot of the times. Uh, a star for many years for the Mavericks has seemed to look like. And for me, if I was to do a dynasty draft, he would be in my top three picks selected. So I want to hear more from you guys about Luka Doncic. Whoever just wants to kind of get into talking about why you're either high on him or why not so much. I'm definitely high on Luka Doncic. I don't know how it's possible that someone wasn't high on Luka Doncic. He's a great player, extremely young, has a lot of potential. Yeah, you said all the stats that were super impressive, you know, averaging almost nine assists a game this year and almost 30 points. Just like any other player, like you said, that handles the ball, has high turnovers, but that's something you got to deal with when you have a superstar. And yeah, he shoots a fairly high field goal percentage for being, you know, a point guard slash shooting guard. We consider him a shooting guard, but yeah, he shoots a decent amount of threes, averaging almost three threes a game. The reason I put him at three was I don't know if he's going to be playing better than Booker next year. I feel like Booker's relatively consistent. He's kind of like James Harden, that free throw category where he can just absolutely carry your team with the amount he takes per game. Matt, I'm going to put you on the hot seat here for a second. What does Devin Booker do better than Luka Doncic just at all? And I don't mean to attack you with that, but to me, Luka's so complete in every category that him and Harden are just 
an absolute tier above any other shooting guard on this list. So I want to know what you see out of Devin Booker that makes you put him above Luka stats-wise. I mean, there's definitely, there's definitely a debate there. The one thing I'll say about Luka Doncic, which I'm sure Matt's going to bring up in a second, but I was really disappointed in his free throw percentage last season. I expected it to be a lot higher than 75%. I think that was a really, that was a below average mark for him. And for the coming seasons, I expect it to be in the 80 range, over 80. And that will only bring his stock up. But I, I imagine him being having similar stats. He had like a career, like almost nine rebounds, but I expect those to be a little lower. I think that might have factored in the lack of big men in Dallas and also Chris Persingis being injured for most of the season. Yeah, I actually noted when I was looking into Doncic for our ratings here that I think the impact of Porzingis returning is going to hurt his rebounding numbers, might hurt his points numbers a little bit because Porzingis plays a little bit out of the post. And who knows the version of Porzingis we're going to see coming off of a couple of years of not playing a ton and having a bad knee with being seven feet four, that's never helpful. But I also think that if Porzingis can come back into solid form and can be a really good option, it could help Luca's efficiencies. He didn't have a bad field goal percentage and he wasn't inefficient, but I think that he can move over to being a lot more efficient with the return of a good second man at Porzingis. Because I couldn't really tell you who their second best guy has been when Porzingis is out, but I think having a really solid second option there is going to help him a ton. Yeah, I don't think anyone's going to hurt Luka Doncic. You could put another superstar on the team and he'll have, you know, the same stats, maybe even better. But I don't think Chris Porzingis demands a lot. Not even when he was on the Knicks did he demand a lot of the ball or anything. So I think that having Chris Porzingis will only help him there. I just brought it up for the fact that he pretty had a ton of rebounds last season. I don't expect him to have that many rebounds if that's important for you. To answer your question earlier when you when you say he's a tier above Devin Booker I don't really see that to be true because I have the stats up right here Devin Booker is shooting significantly better than him in free throw percentage and slightly in field goal percentage he also turns the ball over slightly less than Luka and maybe that changes next year when Luka gets more comfortable gets into his third year but yeah I still think Devin Booker's better in fantasy than Luka yeah, it's a couple percentage points lower. But outside of those stats, he has an extra three, an extra couple points, an extra couple assists, an extra five rebounds. He's better on the defensive end. I don't see them being particularly close. He's also 20, and Devin Booker is like 23, I think. And so he's got a lot more room for growth. And the Suns right now have four players on their team that basically consume all of the fantasy stats between Rubio, Booker, Oubre, and Ayton. And I think if they added any depth or if any of those other players came into their own or improved, like we all anticipate improvement out of Kelly Oubre and DeAndre Ayton at the least for this next year. And if that were to happen, I, I see Devin Booker's numbers stagnating. I mean, who on the Dallas Mavs is startable for you? Like Luka Doncic's, Porzingis's, but who all? Tim Hardaway Jr. was bouncing around our league. He was probably the next guy up. Who would be another starter on the Mavs that you would start? I think to say that the free throw percentage difference is insignificant, it's it's like 16%, so it's kind of a huge deal. It is very significant, I think. I had Luka Doncic in a tier above Devin Booker, but I think I'm you know almost reconsidering that because I can see the similarities and I can see where Devin Booker is at least comparable to Luka Doncic. I think we're just all up in the hype and of Luka Doncic and maybe not considering Devin as a good option. I think that's the uh, that's very common across all of the NBA. I mean, Devin Booker not making an all-star team this year. At least for me, I put Harden, Luka, and Devin Booker all as tier one shooting guard options. Those three, those three only, I would consider. Outside of free throw percentage, I don't really see anything that Booker offers that surpasses Luka. And especially if you look at Booker as he developed, especially at a young age like Luka, his field goal percentage was terrible. 
So Luca already starting out at 46%. He's only going to get better from there. Where I see is him maybe possibly being one of those rare guards that shoot in that 50% range, whereas Booker's kind of leveling out right now at his 48%. But again, all in that same tier one range. I don't think you can dispute that with those three players. Giuseppe, to your point from earlier, I'm, I'm looking at the Dallas Mavericks depth chart right now. Yeah, outside of Luca and Porzingis, unless we're going to start the all-NBA lovable goofballs with Boban, I don't see any other players that are quality fantasy options on this list, which I think really just speaks to Luca and how much potential he really has. And Mike made the point earlier today that if you were to draft a team of the top players from 2019, you wouldn't have the best 2020 squad. And I think that Devin Booker's improvement for this next season, while I think it is, could definitely come because he is still young, it's not going to match what we see out of Luka Doncic. I, I'm really high on Luka Doncic to be one of the faces of the league for the next 10, 15 years, to be a perennial MVP contender for a few years. And I think that that's already started and it's going to continue into the next couple of seasons. I think for the NBA, for an NBA team and winning games, Luka Doncic is significantly better than Devin Booker already. But for fantasy-wise, I think they're actually very comparable and I would love to see Luka Doncic do better. But just in the argument that you said that if the Phoenix Suns were to get any other players that they could play off the bench and they would that would hurt Devin Booker, uh, you said they have four guys that were startable. The Mavs have two. So that's just, I feel like, hurt the argument considering that the Mavs could get another all-star this year like DeMar DeRozan. How does that affect Luka Doncic next season? So they have the cap space. They have the... You know, the will, they want to win a championship, so they'll, they'll definitely be adding another piece with Chris Porzingis there soon. So how does that affect Luka Doncic for the coming years? I don't really know how that... I just feel like you use the argument against Booker, but when it comes to, like, well, right, even though it's kind of... Even though that argument's kind of in Booker's favor, considering that he has other options. The, the one thing I was going to say about Booker was that Ricky Rubio had an amazing season, and that's not going to happen again. He was a little bit of the reason why Devin Booker played pretty well considering Ricky Ruby had a ton of assists and spread the ball around so I don't imagine him having a season like that and that might hurt Booker but I I can't use the argument to say that the Suns only had four good players on their roster and that's why Devin Booker is going to be worse next season if they have better bench players when it's the opposite way around that Luka Doncic really his team wasn't producing in fantasy that was kind of helping him this season what happens if there's another player that is a good fantasy option next season yeah so the point that I was really making was that I might have said it wrong but the point that I was making was that Dallas has good depth they don't have any other superstars and for me it's really difficult to predict superstar movement and how that will affect players and it's not really like an exercise that I indulge in but there's a lot more movement of role players around in the league than there is of superstars I guess excluding last summer but the Mavericks have a pretty deep team they have players that produce not at a fantasy level but at an NBA level like Tim Hardaway Jr., Seth Curry, Dwight Powell, Finney Smith. Like they have a lot of players that are solid players. They're just not for a you know 10 or 12 team league. They're not quite at the level that you'd want them to be at. But to me, when I say the Suns have four quality players, I mean that after Rubio, Booker, Ubre, and Aiton, I don't think there are like any fantasy producers in that team. And I think that, that if they were to add depth to their roster, I think the Mavericks already have depth. And yeah, they could add stars. And that's certainly a further discussion for if it actually were to happen. But I think it's much more likely that Phoenix being a team that, you know, wasn't incredible this past season, that they would be much more likely to add a couple of second string guys that might negatively impact their starters. And I'm not saying that's the reason why I have Booker lower than Doncic. It really is just a peripheral insight. But I think that's definitely when you're looking to draft your team, things like that are what you should be considering. And obviously when you draft your team, you know who's going to be on that roster for that year, for the most part, you know, that they're not 
going through free agency, but we're pre-free agency right now, so it's just something I was thinking about. So moving on past Luka Doncic, as we sort of alluded to, we have Devin Booker number three on our list here. We've already kind of talked about him a lot. We're going to discuss him a little more as the episode goes along and we compare him to other players. But does anybody have anything they want to say specifically about positively or negatively with Devin Booker that we haven't already mentioned? If I'm not mistaken, he had the best free throw percentage in the NBA this season is amazing. And like Matt said, that he and Harden are elite in helping your free throw percentage. And I was considering trading for him this season. And that was one of the biggest reasons why. I think that for Booker, at least the most impressive thing for me is Definitely over his five seasons in the NBA, he's increased his shooting percentages every single year and now shooting 49% field goal and 92% free throws. Very impressive. I think he's now a lot more comfortable in his role. The team isn't solely dependent on him. He has, you know, just as you said, three other really good players around him. And so the fact that he's still producing at a level that he is and the amount of assists that he's getting while Rubio still having 10, you know, Booker's still putting up seven assists a game is just very impressive showing that that's his team and I only see him getting better. For sure. The one thing that I hope that will only help Devin Booker in the future is that I wish he made more threes. Like, I know he's a great shooter, like such a pure shooter. But when it comes to when I was watching the Suns, I saw him inside the three-point line a lot. Maybe it's because he's handling the ball a lot. But I expect him to shoot more threes uh, later on in his career. You know, two years ago, he almost shot three three three-pointers a game. So that probably factors into the fact that he helps his field goal percentage by shooting less threes now. But I just wish he shot one more three a game at least. Yeah, I really don't think people talk enough about how Devin Booker is just so intelligent with his shot selection because there's a lot of other players in the league that are really elite scorers on teams that don't have a lot of elite scorers and have not as good field goal percentage to show for it. Like one of my favorite fantasy players in the league is Bradley Beal. And he's in a similar situation to Devin Booker. Also didn't make an all-star team when he should have, but he shoots a few percentage points lower. And I think that's just an attribute to Devin Booker's ability to see the floor and just take the best shot speaking of Bradley Beal moving on to our number four spot on our list we have Bradley Beal this guy like I said one of my favorite fantasy players and if you've listened to us long enough you'll know that Bradley Beal was the only guy on my fantasy team from this past season that I consistently loved week in and week out and every year every week I feel like he was just getting better Behind James Harden was the second highest scorer in the league this past season at 30.5 points a game. Also put up six assists a game on fair fair efficiency stats. And really, like I said, just an all-around excellent player, consistent day in and day out. And I really love him. I'm really high end of him. I'm Bradley Beal. I know that that is not a sentiment that is equally shared across the league. Mike, I know you're the biggest distractor from Bradley Beal. So we're going to start with you. We're going to start negative and we're going to move to positive. I mean, that's totally fine. The reason I have Bradley Beal not as high as you guys is that this is a fluke year for him. I'm sorry. I hate to admit it. There's no John Wall there. So outside of the 2018-2019 season where he averaged 25 points per game and he made the jump to 30, he was still in that same 22 points per game, four assists, four rebounds, 80% free throw range, which you can expect from majority of the shooting guards in the NBA. I don't see that the shooting guard position as a very valuable spot, and that's why I prefer facilitating shooting guards over someone like Bradley Beal, who will fall back into that standard role once John Wall comes back. And so for me, I just don't value him as high. I, he, he's, he's got streaky free throw percentages over all of his years in the NBA, never staying consistent besides when he's in that 79, 78 range. 
So the fact that he's shooting 84 this year is great. Yeah, it's great. But again, as I said, you have to you have to look for new talent. You can't expect everyone to produce the same they did the year before. You have to, you have to seek new options, especially for values and premiums. What you're willing to pay. His price is going to be a lot higher next year, and I don't think people are people are going to be disappointed for what they what they get out of him. Mike, the the one thing that I feel like we need to clarify is that the Bradley Beal of three years ago and the John Wall of three years ago, which was the last time we saw them healthy side by side playing together, are absolutely different players. Bradley Beal has developed as a leader, as a basketball player. To your point, he's increased his free throw percentage. He's taken a lot more shots while not sacrificing field goal percentage. And yeah, I don't think he's putting up 30 points a game next year. A lot of that was due to the fact that near the end of the year, he was putting up 40, 50 points a game for weeks stretches at a time. Like I said, I really liked how that carried my fantasy team. I don't see it continuing next year. I still think he's going to be 25 plus points a game next year. And I think that him and Wall are going to operate more like Devin Booker and Ricky Rubio than they're going to operate like James Harden and Russell Westbrook. I think he's a clear number one on that team. Wall's coming back from a horrific injury. And I really hope that he comes back in the same way that he was before. But a lot of his game depended on balance and athleticism. And outside of guys like Zach Levine, when you have big injuries like that, a lot of times it just means that your play style has to completely change. And I think that's going to benefit Bradley Beal with Wall being more of a shooter and not taking the ball. I mean, I, I, I would love my leader that you say developed into a 24, 24 and 40 record, but I, he's falling back in that role. He's, he's not, he's not an alpha of a team. He played great, but it's the same thing. He has no other options on the team. That's not, that's not sustainable. That's not a stat that's going to carry over to the next year. So even if he falls back into that 25 point range, like you said, he would, Again, you can expect that out of players like C.J. McCollum, who we have very low on our list. I think the difference between him and C.J. McCollum is that Bradley Beal has, is younger, but uh, you see a lot more out of him. Like, C.J. McCollum kind of – he hides in some games. That's why I hated, like, watching the Trailblazers game. You'll see him, like, hide behind – like, Carmelo will be shooting more, more shots than C.J. McCollum, and that's really frustrating as a fantasy owner. But Bradley Beal really took – he really took control this year. He was the main guy, and it's what you expect from someone who's the only good player on the Washington Wizards. The only other decent players, Davis Bertans and the rookie, I can't say his name, Rui. There's no other option other than Bradley Beal. So Bradley Beal really took over with that role. You see like something this year that was a big significant jump just because of how the team around him was without John Wall and without any other real option he shot two and a half more free throws than the year before and that that's a really significant number for anyone in the league to take two and a half more free throws a game playing you know the same amount of minutes so it wasn't it wasn't the minutes it was literally just the game plan and how he would take the ball and and always have it he didn't improve that significantly in an assist which was kind of upsetting I, I expect him to have a little bit more assist but obviously we, we're still high on Bradley Beal we're talking down on him right now because we're comparing him to other players, but Bradley Beal's an amazing fantasy option. Definitely a top five uh, shooting guard in the league. I would definitely agree. I don't mean to disrespect his name. I just yeah, no. It just when we talk about it, we're talking about like the fifth, the fourth guy on our list, and we're talking like poorly about him. It's just we're just pulling, pointing out his flaws compared to the players above him, and that's. But when it, when you just hear it from like a negative light, it sounds like we're bashing on Bradley Beal, but he's actually amazing fantasy option i just don't see his stats this year being the same next year and not only because of john wall but i don't expect him to stay with the wizards next year so i i just don't expect him to have the same output no and i i would 100 percent agree and back to your point about him only increasing 0.6 assists and averaging 6.1 this year without a true point guard on that team comparing him to a player like booker where they still has 
that Ricky Rubio, that tennis player game, just like John Wall was, you would expect that he had more production out of it. He's not a facilitating guard. He's been forced into that role this year. It's worked out fantasy-wise, provided he's not on the Wizards next year. His production will drop back down to his production a few years ago. That still makes him a top seven, six shooting guard. That doesn't discredit anything. All I'm saying is he's not in that tier one category like those other three shooting guards are. Here's the thing is that we keep comparing Bradley Beal now to who he was three years ago. And yeah, no, he's not a pure point guard. But here's the thing. I watched a lot of Wizards games this year because I have Bradley Beal on my team. Because every Sunday night, it was basically I was relying on him to get all of my production so I could win the week. And he is a facilitator. He gets the job done. And he has six assists a game, not because he's not a good point guard, but because he was playing on a team where he would pass the ball, make a great pass a lot of times to a wide open player that would miss. And I'm not saying that's going to change. I'm also not saying he's going to leave the Wizards or that the Wizards are a bad team. But I'm saying he's a better facilitator than we're giving him credit for. And who he is now is so much different than who he was a couple of years ago. Because he came to the Wizards as John Wall's sidekick. And he is no longer in that shadow. And his play reflects that. And I don't see that changing. I don't see him putting up 30 points a game this next year. I still think he's the main guy in that team. I think that John Wall is not going to come back the exact same as he was before. And that's still Bradley Beal's team. And I see him a top five shooting guard. And I don't see him not descending into the ranks of guys like McCollum or Donovan Mitchell. But I think that Bradley Beal is going to remain an elite option for any fantasy team. And just a consistent guy who comes in day in and day out. And you know he's going to get you 20, 25, 30, 35 points a game with solid stats around that. That's really rare. And that's what really sets a player apart is knowing that every day you can expect something great out of them. And that's just not something you get with other players that are in similar tiers. So I think that Bradley Beal is a tier one or tier two shooting guard. If you're going to exclude your first tier to James Harden and Luka Doncic because they're such great players, and then Devin Booker and Bradley Beal to me are the two next best players. And I don't think that that's incredibly debatable unless you think that John Wall is going to be the same guy that he was before the injury, which I just don't see. For me, I have him in my five spot just below Jimmy Butler, and we'll talk about in a second why, but I still think he's a great option, <laughs> taking nothing away from the guy. I don't think that his stats will be the same next season. I think he'll be a little lower and you know, most of his stats, but he'll still be a great option. So we're not harping on him. I, and also, like I said, I think that he'll move teams. I think you've, you've said that it's Bradley Beal's team in Washington, but I don't know if Washington really wants it to be Bradley Beal's team. I don't think he's done anything to show that he can help a team win game. And I don't think I don't think Washington's happy with him just getting 30 points a game and losing. If we can agree that Bradley Beal is not a winner and that the Wizards don't want him there, then we also have to assume that Devin Booker and Trey Young are on the chopping block. Because yeah, they didn't have an excellent record this past year. I think you said they were 24 and 40. I think around there, they're the ninth seed in the Eastern Conference, but I think that if Bradley Beal wasn't there, they'd be so much worse because their next best score on that team after Beal this past season was probably Rui Achimura or Troy Brown Jr., which doesn't really, they're not bad players by any means, but compared to the echelon of other second options on other teams, they're not in the same area. And to your point about him leaving the Wizards, I think that maybe at some point there's like the rumors that he's going to go to the Heat or the Lakers or I don't know, any other team that wants Bradley Beal. So every team. As of right now. So every what? team. Yeah, every team. And, like, I don't know. Those rumors always happen with players that are on teams that aren't very great that people say they're going to leave. Like, with Beal, right now, he's got a contract extension with the Wizards through 2021-2022, which includes a player option for the year after that. So, I don't think he's going anywhere next year. Even if he is, I don't think we can really account for that at the time being because we've seen no indication that he is leaving. There are, there are a lot of trade rumors. 
at the trade deadline about Bradley Beal potentially going to the Heat, potentially going to somewhere like the Mavericks. And we also heard from people around the Wizards for, uh, front office, I don't know if these were credible sources, but that they wanted to move away from John Wall and Bradley Beal and start over and rebuild from there. Because obviously they're, the Bradley Beal, John Wall experience hasn't brought them anywhere. So I think they're ready to move on. And I don't know what that means for Bradley Beal. I still think he's going to be a top five fantasy option. I just don't consider him better than my top four. Now that I'm thinking about it, I would love to see Bradley Beal alongside Luka in Dallas. That would be really fun to watch as a fan. I, I think the trade rumors definitely amount to something a lot of the time, but they're often fluff. I mean, you've probably heard every superstar at some point rumors that they're going to another team. Even like if you guys remember like 10 years ago, the rumors that LeBron was going to come to Detroit, things like that happen. And I, I try not to account for superstars leaving their teams to a big degree because that's such an unknown. Assuming he's going to be on the Wizards next year, I have him as a top three shooting guard. I could see Devin Booker being above him, depending on your preferences and your predictions for him. But I think he's an excellent option no matter what team he's on. I mean, if you look at the Drummond deal that the Pistons did, if you think some, like the Wizards wouldn't do something like that, like for some actual value, then you're crazy. The Pistons got nothing for Drummond. And he, and I, Drummond is the equivalent of Bradley Beal to a center. Like, they're the exact same player. Get a bunch of, like, fantasy stats. You know, they're good players, but they're not they're winners. Not winner. At least not in their teams where they're at right now. I think he's a good player, and he can win games. I think in the situation he is in right now, he can't. But I, I think the best way to compare him is to compare him to Drummond. And like I said, if, if the Wizards could get a cop-out by any team in the NBA that wants Bradley Beal right now, they're going to take it. Then why haven't they done that yet? You because think no one's offered them what they wanted. First round picks right now to them, like I don't know. I I thought the Pistons were going to get at least a first round pick, at least one first round pick. They barely got a second round pick, and John Henson. There's why got, would you even like, mention that as if that was something valuable? No, that, that's what I'm saying. It, it had zero value. Like they could have, they gave us nothing essentially. Like the second round pick was just to, like to make it seem like it was a trade. Like we that's, have to that's assume. Like the, I, I wouldn't be surprised that second round pick was like top fifty protected. Like the Pistons would have still agreed on it because they still they didn't want Drummond. The Bradley Beal doesn't have like that's what people are offering the Wizards, and that's why he's not gone yet. I'm convinced because if they had a more than one first round pick for Bradley Beal, they would take it. I see. I, I just don't. I just don't think so. And like I said, I think that the Wizards had a losing record in spite of Bradley Beal because any Wizards game that you watch, he is the hardest worker, the biggest hustler. Maybe not bigger hustler than Gary Payton the second, my boy, but he's the best player on that team by far. And like I said, if you're gonna say that he's not a winning player, then you also have to say that Devin Booker and Trey Young. Who's the second best player that Devin Booker's played with in his career? Probably DeAndre Ayton right now. DeAndre Ayton, who was suspended for most of last season. Look at season, their record. Or most of this season, actually. Look at the Suns. They're they're on the verge of a playoff team with with Ayton. They're a pot. They the thirteenth in the West. They're still in. They're still in for the play, and I'm pretty sure they're only four games out. They're they're definitely a value, valuable team. They didn't have Ayton for twenty five games, who's arguably the second option on that team. Devin Booker is still developing. He's three years younger than Bradley Beal. They're really not comparable. Yeah, you said that the sophomore DeAndre Ayton that was suspended for most of the games was the second best player that Devin Booker's ever played with in his five-year career with the Suns. And you're saying that he's not a winner because of that. When Bradley Beal was playing with John Wall and also has been playing for eight years in the league. And the Wizards can't get compared out. Compared to Devin saying, Booker's five like, years. I'm not saying that I'm not saying Devin Booker's not a winner. You did, because you said if you're saying Bradley Beal's not a winner, you said Devin Booker's not a winner. But I'm saying Bradley Beal's not a winner. And, and I'm not saying when, when, when John Wall was on that team, they were a playoff team. 
And also, he's a way the better Pistons player. were a playoff team. Did you see that Pistons team? <laughs> All right, but you know what I mean. Did like, you see that Pistons team? Reggie Jackson was their best were player. A top five Eastern team. And I know that's not incredible. But the Wizards were a top five Eastern team for a couple of years with John Wall and Bradley Beal. And again, he is a completely different player than he was then. And Devin Booker is a phenomenal, still player. developing player so at that. Phenomenal, phenomenal, and still de- developing. Whereas Bradley Beal is peaking. And improving. Devin Booker is improving. Like Mike mentioned, like he his field goal percentage went up significantly at, since his look rookie. At Bradley, look, just look I'm at a, it. Look. It's so inconsistent. He's all over the place with what 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 percentages he shoots. And, and there hasn't been that much change on that Wizards team when they were good. There's been a ton of change in this Wizards team. They've changed. There's no players in this team right now that have, that were there three years ago outside of Bradley Beal. Who on this who on this Washington Wizards team was here besides John Wall who hasn't played? All their top players are guys that were their backups that when their starters left, these guys stepped up. Thomas Bryant was Marcin Gortat's backup. Rui Achimura, obviously, he's a rookie. Trey Brown Jr. is like he's either a rookie or a second year. I don't know. Like, he just doesn't have a ton of help. And I think that the term winner and loser gets tossed around because people blame the superstar for whatever happens. And I think Devin Booker, like, yeah, he increased his percentage, his field goal percentage from year to year. But none of the rest of his stats went up from 2018-19 to 2019-20. I think he's going to slightly improve this next year, but only slightly because he hasn't shown a ton of improvement in the last two years. From make, He made that big explosion out of the scene three years ago. And since then, he's been a similar fantasy guy. He's got a couple more assists than he had three years ago. He's improving but I don't think he's improving at a rate that puts him in an entire echelon above Bradley Beal. I think he's improving at a rate that next year they're going to be around the same. Like they're literally like almost identical in terms of actual value that they bring to a fantasy team. But I don't think that the difference between them is is really significant at all. I don't think I'm arguing that there's a tier difference. I think they're in a similar tier. I think I'm just saying Bradley Beal is less than Devin Booker for these reasons. That's all. It doesn't discredit that he's a very good player. Like, I know you're defensive of him because I, I'm very happy. I because typically you don't care for your fantasy players like I do. I'm glad you you're, you got your arm around Bradley Beal and you're you're treating them all nice. But you got to look at it logically. Yes, he's very good, but you you you're hating on me for putting hypotheticals out there and saying what could happen the next year and saying that's what you're doing with Bradley Beal. Your your argument saying that there's no one else in that team. The team's changed so much. Then why isn't he putting up Luka Doncic numbers? I don't understand if that if that's the comparison you're trying to make. If you're trying to put them in the, the same tier as as those other players, that's 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 all we're no, saying. I, I definitely. I mean, who on the Suns roster was there three years ago? Exactly. I want to see one name. There's not a single player here. I'm looking that was on the roster three years ago. Not a single player. They literally have Dario Saric on their roster right now. There's not what's a, on, there's what's not with a Dario Saric? no nothing. It's just I'm not a big fan of him. But there's there's literally no one on this team that was there three years ago. No, maybe not even two years ago. DeAndre Ayton, right. Aaron Baines, Mikael Bridges, Carter, Czech Diallo. Like, look at this team. Hold on. So year over year, Ty Jerome. Year over year, the Suns have added a minimal amount, but still haven't detracted from their talent. They drafted DeAndre Ayton. They got Kelly Oubre. They got Ricky Rubio. Those aren't bad players. That was all within the last year exactly. and a half. Exactly, he's and, still and, putting up. He's still putting up the same numbers as as a current Bradley Beal, with who you quote unquote say has nobody. He's not putting up. The, Bradley Beal put up significantly better numbers than Devin Booker this past year. No, he did not. No, he did not. More threes a game, five more points a game, less turnovers, better defensive stats, and I know his field goal percentage isn't as good, but it's really not that significant of a difference. Yes, it is. It's the difference between forty-five and forty-nine. Free throws, the difference between eighty-four and ninety-two. That's huge on, on more shots per game. I don't understand. And Devin Booker's only averaging a few points less per game and, and providing, providing more assists 
more assists than than Bradley Beal, who doesn't have a true point guard on his team. He the only his defensive stats is half a half a steal more per game. So it's two more steals right. a week. Two more steals a week is as significant of a difference as your free throw percentage being higher by a couple percentage points a week. It's not a couple though. It's over sixty percent. No, it's, 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 it's seven percent. I'm sorry, not sixty percent. Yeah, it's yeah. seven percent. It's seven percent. I think that half a steal a game for four games, so two steals, is as significant as an extra because that seven percent equates to an extra like three free throws made a week. I'm not going to lie. The only thing going around in my head is Bradley Beal, Bradley Beal. Brad- I thought it was all over once coronavirus hit. I no longer had to listen to Vincent in the group chat. Hey, guys, you guys see Bradley Beal drop 40 again. Oh, hey, guys, you can see Brad. I thought it was finally over, and here we are for 30 minutes talking about Bradley Beal. Well, guys, we hope you enjoyed today's discussion on top shooting guards for the 2020-2021 fantasy season. Today ended up being one of my favorite sessions we've done, but we ended up talking for about two hours, and we didn't want to make a super long episode, so we decided to split it into two parts. We're going to be releasing part two of today's episode on Saturday, so make sure that you subscribe to the podcast below to be notified for all future episodes. And until then, we hope that you enjoyed today's discussion and have a great rest of your day.